Welcome to episode 29 of Valfish Stuttgart Americana, an American-based English-language Valfish Stuttgart fan podcast where our views are unofficial, uninformed, and unprepared. Joining me today for only the second full-time all-season, <laughs> Jeff, you have uh, kind of made it back into our good graces. How does that make you feel? Well, I think this is coming from uh, probably from the fans' response, uh, you know, <laughs> They demanded more Jeff, and I, I'm thankful for that. I was kicked off the podcast <laughs> late in the summer, so it's 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 good for me. It's good to be back. It's good to be. Back. You are you're definitely working your way back, so it's good to. That's right. It's good, to right. Another, it's good to give you another chance here. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate that. Your ratings must be dipping. I get it. You're desperate. It's funny. We have been stuck at 268 followers for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And then the good news is we lost one last week. So we're down nice. to 67. <laughs> nice. So, and I know if anybody knows how Twitter works, it's you and, and your vast knowledge. Uh, you can reach Jeff at Hennis Lover on Twitter. And if you uh, try to reach out to him, what would it take? Two, three months for you to figure it out? <laughs> would that be fair? I don't know. It depends. It's, I, I probably, it's probably twice a year. So if you're lucky, it's next. <laughs> God, it's, you know, it might be June or July. It'll be like Christmas. Talked about this. I do need a Twitter. I need a Twitter a lesson in how to work Twitter. You know what I mean? You are California's number one FC fan, so <laughs> they, they they probably could use the uh, that the coverage out there. So you'd be doing them a favor too, I think. Well, the Bundesliga travels pretty slow. It's barely made to California, which is why I'm still. <laughs> I get behind on this. So. <laughs> Speaking of slow, why don't we move into part one? The uh, match. Uh, for the English of Vaca, how do you like that pronunciation? Mm-hmm. Match day 16 was the midday midweek match. Uh, Valfi <laughs> hosted that plucky little club from Munich called Bayern Munich. And uh, I don't know if you watched the match, be honest with us. Uh, no, actually, I didn't, I didn't watch a single. So, well, you know what? The, here's the thing I didn't, I was on the road. Uh-huh. My goal was to make it to my destination before my game started, right? Uh-huh. And- and I made it there just in time. So I actually missed the entire game, but I thought I'd be able to hear it on the radio. It turns out that even Fox radio or ESPN radio, uh, Sirius Sally doesn't care about. <laughs> I, I kept up with it though on my, on my little app on the way as much as I could. So, um, and I was going to watch it before this, but I had to work. But it turns out, I don't know if I missed really that much of what I wasn't anticipating or expecting anyway. So I'm guessing you could fill me in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, All the I'll, intrigue. I'll give you some updates. How's that? Yeah, there wasn't, uh, it was a five to nil thrashing from Bayern. Um, the first half though was only one to nothing. And it was, it was an entertaining match. It was up and down. Uh, Stuttgart was taking it to them. Uh, Bayern was definitely the better team, but uh, the first half wasn't too bad in the first 15 minutes. The second half wasn't too bad, but it was crazy how from the 69th minute on after the team, I think, uh, was it two, it became three nil at that point. It was just a bloodbath and Bayern took their foot off the gas the last 20 <laughs> minutes and it could have five to nothing in a Bundesliga match. Usually like, wow, that they probably scored every chance they had. Uh, no, <laughs> they did. The last the last twenty minutes, Bayern could have done a lot more, but they took their foot off the gas. It was one of those games where you were kind of proud of your club because, like, the first half they played aggressive. Stuttgart pressed them, um, but the problems they've had all season long were illustrating that game. They they couldn't finish. Uh, Marmouche had a really nice chance uh, early in the game, and he kind of whiffed on it. Forrester had a chance the 45th minute and just couldn't pull the trigger. So their lack of finishing kind of showed up in this match. And as anybody knows against Bayern, you just can't, you can't do that. Isn't that what they do though? Bayern, like, you know, you, you, you kind of hang with them for a while. And I don't know if it's one of those, they're just kind of feeling out the game. And then once they get their first goal, maybe their second goal, they just explode because now you got, now you're behind and you got a team that's kind of, Force on defense anyway, but you got to kind of be aggressive because you're trying to, you know, you know, it's you, you've already kind of lost the points in the table at this point. So you got to kind of be aggressive to see if you can still get a point. So you're aggressive on offense and then, and then buyer just keeps, you know, exploding, exploding. Next thing you know, you're down five to nothing at this point, 
why are we parking the bus? Luckily, Byron does have a t- and us too, everybody really, they take their foot off the gas. They're not looking to, to run up the score, so to speak, but you know, it can't help it for the most part, but they're not looking to, to beat you 10 to nothing. So. And, and that was kind of the, <clears throat> pardon me, the, the thing that you, you're proud of the club because sure it went for it. They were courageous. Like Monarato says all the time, they weren't backing off, but at some point courage becomes, uh, I don't want to say, I want to think of a nicer word than um, ignorance, but um, being naive, it's at some point goal difference matters. And I know you as a coach can't go into any match and say, all right, guys, let's just make sure this is a two nothing loss or three nothing loss. You can't go in like that. But after, after a while, you're just kind of like, Oh geez. Um, I appreciate that they're going for it. But at the same time, um, if we're going to be in the bottom six all year long, goals given up is going to be a, a difference and yeah yeah that, that was the thing you started to, you worry about a little bit and you started to question a little bit the, the only thing i really questioned the match was um kemp coming into the starting lineup and we'll get into him more later um and the substitutions late the one thing that people have kind of questioned moderato on is is his substitution pattern and i just thought after a little bit the match was clearly over i would have liked to seen uh a few other kids in the match and then rest some players for what is really probably a much bigger match on Sunday against your FC clone. Um, but again, I know as a coach, you can't go into a match and say, listen, guys, we know we're going to lose. So <laughs> let's just make this as, as yeah. bad as possible. Um, what made the match uh, so frustrating was, okay, we missed a couple of chances and Stuttgart doesn't have that many chances this year with all the injuries they have. And against Bayern, you can't miss those chances. And then the goals, the first two goals that Byron scored were on mistakes. Anton slipped on the pitch for the first goal. Uh, Dino had a bad pass on uh, the second goal. Um, I think it was a fourth or fifth goal. Mueller had a terrible rebound, and it was just poked back in. So uh, Kempf was beaten at least twice. Uh, so the thing you could take away that's it's disappointing, but it also um, you're usually not going to get taken advantage of when you make those kind of mistakes against another team but Byron's going to pounce on those, those mistakes. The biggest disappointment was, wasn't so much the loss. Cause you know, you're going to lose. It wasn't even so much the blowout, which, you know, can happen. It was that Augsburg got a draw versus Leipzig. It was that uh, Bill felt got a win. And so uh, and Gladbach lost, which helped Stuttgart. <clears throat> but the table is just getting crazy tight. And that was the thing as you walked out of that, that match, you're like, Oh boy. Um, yeah, I expected to lose, but I didn't expect Augsburg to get a point late against Leipzig. I thought Bielefeld would at least stay down a little bit, but uh, they're inching closer and closer. And then we'll get into today's uh, results We're recording this on Saturday, which don't help at all. So it wasn't so much the loss to Bayern that hurt as much as everything else that happened on the table. You know, you say that, and I'm sure we'll get into this later and, and definitely as the season goes on, but uh, you know, goal differential, I always, I think back, like how many times has goal differential really made a difference? And it's probably when it comes down to it, not that many times goal differential is the, that, that first tiebreaker. Usually there's, you know, it's, it's all on points, but you do look at the table and it is bunched. It's bunched at the bottom. It's bunched in the middle. And they mentioned in today's Leipzig game, how I thought it was interesting. The guy said he was, there were five points out of the champions league, standings uh, Leipzig after the draw and you look at the table like well they're also five points out of relegation zone too and so you know you, here we are between two basically and I'm just looking right now and and gosh I mean nine is 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 five point difference and these are some teams these are some big boys in our in our league you know Wolfsburg is is in the bottom half Muchen Gladbach in the bottom half Berlin who's probably always been a solid mid table team is threatening relegation. And so, you know, you do look at games like, okay, we lost five to nothing to Munich. We got them out of the way. Everybody's got to play Munich, but you know, you're also look, let's see, minus eight, you're bunched up with Augsburg. You're bunched up with Muchen Gladbach. You're bunched up with Volcom, you know, uh, Wolfsburg is minus 12. These are some teams that you, you figure are going to have a better second half. Um, so when you have a team like, okay, well, at least we're in the, at least we're in the play and playoff zone, which is kind of early to start thinking about that. But let's be honest, fans long enough to know that's what our teams, that's where we're at all the time. Right? <laughs> yep. 
And then like, well, at least we're number 16. I, there's, that's the worst we're going to get. And then here comes Belfield. The last three games, I think they've got, was it five or seven points? They, right. they against tennis. They won last week. They won again this week. You know, they were going from nine two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Now they're at 16. I mean, they were, they were, you had written off for and Belfield think, okay, now at least we're just, we got to just have one more team beneath us. Right. And lo and behold, they're one point behind now on the table. And they're right there. They're playing good. And I think the break could not come at a better time. If you're 16 through 10, this is the perfect time to take a break. Hopefully Belfield has too much to eat over Christmas break. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, because it's just they're they they peaked and, and they peaked at a really good time for them because they're now going to the second half with confidence and they're right in the mix with everybody else right now. It's and there's a team. Belfast is one of those teams that you know you don't really want to play. I mean, they can get points against <laughs> if Alisburg can get points against Bayern and you feel like they can steal some points like they did today against Leipzig, and they're I don't know if anybody really thinks that they're one of those teams. Okay, good. I got Belfield next week. There's three points. Right, right. Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's a problem with um, and that's one of the disappointing things after the Bayern matches. You look at how Mainz played them, you look at how Billfeld played them, you look at how Augsburg had won versus them. And um Matt, who's on the podcast, he said this before is it's the Stuttgart just isn't built to play that tough defensive, um, park the bus, bunker ball, long ball, uh, kind of uh B2's Vita League of football. That's just not the way we play. And it looks pretty the way we play and it can lead to some really attractive results, but it can lead to a five, nothing you know, loss like that. And so, yeah, so those were, those were pretty, uh, pretty rough results on uh, the English of Vaca, as uh, they say. So we don't want to spend too much time on part one with that match. Cause we both kind of, I think said that, you know, getting through this week was big because the weekend match was much bigger. So let's, let's get past that. But before we do, let's move on to part two and get some questions and, Frequent contributor, Joe, you can reach him at Blutie underscore Hayes. He asked another question and he has a kind of a serious question and a less serious question. Let's start off with a serious one. He says, how do you think Mark Oliver Kemp pushing a move away from the club is affecting the morale of the team? And do you think it will be resolved when he eventually leaves the club? So Mark Oliver Kemp, former Freiburg player, uh, current Stuttgart player, was uh, the club reached out to him this summer to extend his contract and he refused and Kemp has done this before where he plays out his contract so that he can control his destiny after the contract runs out. And it is not even a secret that he's going to, he's going to end up with her to Berlin. The only question now is, is he going to end up with them at the January transfer window or is he going to end with them after this season is over? I've been pretty critical of Kemp's play earlier in the season. Um, when all this stuff came out, I thought he directly led to two mistakes in the Bayern mm-hmm. match. Um, the fact that he has been replaced in the starting lineup by a rookie in Hikori Ito, who has played great, but was in the Japanese second league last year, I think speaks volumes about Kemp's yeah. play. The thing that always struck me about him is he's a solid player. Uh, I Definitely don't want to be too critical of him. He's definitely a solid Bundesliga player. There's no doubt about it. Um, he reminds me a little bit of, of some of those players who played for Cologne or Freiburg. Um, Dominic Heinz is one of them, who's a solid player. Uh, there's nothing wrong with him, but for every great play he makes, he makes a mistake. And I'm of the mind that I want to unload him as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. um, which I know is dangerous because he's a solid serviceable player. And if an injury occurs, you are going to need him. If uh, Dino Mavropanos goes down with an injury and he's injury prone and you get rid of Mark Oliver Kemp, okay, that's a scary situation. Um, To me, though, the biggest thing is the distraction. To answer Joe's question, I don't think it's affecting the morale of the team. From everything I've heard, people like him. Um, I do think it is interesting, though. When we were in the second league, Kemp was our captain. When we got bumped to the first league, he lost his captaincy role. I have always thought that was kind of interesting. And Mm -hmm. I obviously have no idea what's going on. I'm not in the clubhouse. I'm not in the stadium. I'm not even in the country. But I think that says something. Um, He can be a nice guy, but he's just not a leader. I just, I don't think it's affecting the morale of the team. I just don't want a guy on the pitch who's distracted. And I went through this with Benjamin Pavard a couple of years ago, who is far superior of a player. 
And guess what? We got relegated. Um, I don't know if I want to sell him at the break, but I don't want to play him. I want to keep him as an insurance. And that's what happened when he was with Freiburg is they kept him. Um, and he was mostly on the bench, his, his, the second half of the season. So Joe, to answer your question, I don't think it's affecting the morale of the club. I think it's affecting his play. And I just don't think his heart can be in two places. He wants to move on. He doesn't want to be at Stuttgart anymore. And I'm not saying that it's intentionally something, but Jeff, we see this in the NBA or in the NFL when a guy wants out and he's still a really good player and the player that his teammates like him, but it, it does impact the product. I know what your thoughts are, but that's, uh, maybe well, you know, you, as, you kind of just said it as <clears throat> Bochum is now up one to nothing over Dortmund. Um, you kind of just said it, how when, when somebody wants out of a club, it, you can tell by their body language. And so he may be a captain last year, maybe a leader, but he's not playing well. So sometimes the most vocal people are the ones that really need to shut their mouths because their play is not <laughs> their, their mouth. And his play, especially the last few weeks, has not backed up his mouth. So if he wants out and you can sell him at the transfer window, Maybe do it. Maybe he is deaf, but if but if you sit now, now you got this vocal guy who's who doesn't want to be on the team, who's sitting behind Ito as depth on the team for injury or what what have you. And he comes in now. So now you got this bench player who's already unhappy there anyways, and then he comes in because he has to. What kind of effort is he going to give? I mean, I mean, so you know it, it, that is, is what may lead to distraction down the road you got this guy who's who's given up i mean you got this team in a relegation fight now you got one of their leaders who's just essentially kind of given up so to speak um i don't i don't know if selling the guy or whatever it's going to be is is the worst move <laughs> to be honest with you yeah it's they the word is they could get one to two million uh euro for him and uh if herta loses this game but as you just said herta is now winning i could see them pulling the plot uh pulling the uh the ripcord on that a lot quicker and trying to get him yeah. solidify yeah. their defense. Cause he is a solid player. I don't want to say, take that away. And, and from everything I've heard, he's a great teammate and all that stuff. I just don't want the distraction. And um, the other part of it is, do you strengthen a rival? And if you get rid of him, do you strengthen her to Berlin by giving, uh, giving him up? Um, yeah. So I think it's a, it's a tough question. It's a tough That's a good point. Um, yeah. I would probably, if it's only one to 2 million euro and it's not my money, I'd probably just hold on to him, keep him practicing. Um, but I don't want to see him on the pitch anymore. I, I, I just, it's, he's in the Danielle Dadabi club with me. It's just that time yeah. is gone. The time is gone. It's time for him to move on. Let's move on to a, a, a kind of happier question, Jeff. This one is to you. He asked uh, at Hennis lover, who is your favorite Stuttgart player? Uh, Mark Oliver Kemp. I was hoping you would go with that. <laughs> no, honestly, uh, you know, it's um, <clears throat> honestly my favorite. I think my favorite player, and I don't know if he's my, okay, I'll say this. I think he's probably quietly the most solid player. I like Anton a lot. I, I think, I really think he is so solid. Talk about the guy on defense who's who's just super solid, but he can, you know, he's, and then you got, <laughs> Who doesn't like Forster now? <laughs> You've grown, and I think I just think of these guys as being just just veterans. I got a defender. I got I got Anton as a defender. Yeah, yeah. Got Forster as a midfielder. Okay. And then of course you got Silas as as, as the four. Who doesn't like that guy? Fan favorite. You know. Um, but I, but to be honest, so looking to tomorrow, my favorite player I'm hoping is uh, Mueller. <laughs> You know, and uh, and Mark Oliver Kemp in the defense. I think those the two of them guys could really could really uh, work out well for me. <laughs> it could definitely be a difference maker for Hannes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And Joe's last question is to me: Who is your favorite Cologne player, and why is it Timo Horn? Joe, yes. thank you, thank you <laughs> the for the same reason. Mike Timor. <laughs> oh gosh, I love Timo Horn because I also, one, I think he's Florian Mueller's. Uh, brother or father because they play basically the same um because whenever timo's in the match i know i'm gonna get a text from jeff at some point during the match about how timo is giving jeff an aneurysm with his play so yeah. 
I like Timo Horn because it makes my best friend Jeff go crazy. So, um, although now I'm a little worried because the Schwab uh, kid who is playing for you guys isn't doing terrible. So does Timo actually looks pretty, he actually looks pretty good. Right. And you know, first game in was that clean sheet against Stuttgart. Oh, that's right. The the Pokal. Thanks for bringing that up. They took off the goal, by the way, it was offside. So, Oh, all right. So Herta and we're still alive. (laughs) Norman are still Herta. Stay down with us. You don't want to go up. (laughs) Come Come down here. All right, Jeff, let's move into the big, uh, the big part of what this podcast can be about today, part three, the previews and predictions, but mostly our deep dive into the Hennis versus Fritzl match. All right. So let me give you some background in this. So it's Stuttgart is traveling to Cologne. There's 101 uh, total matches now. And uh, you guys have the lead with 40 wins to our 35, um, but we have a plus three goal difference. So when we win, I guess we win big. Here's a big thing that I've seen on Twitter too. The last 11 games, Stuttgart has been unbeaten in Rhein Energy Stadium. So six mm. wins and five draws. So that's some uh, some good news. Now both of us have 12. That's huge! Wow. That's a, that's like almost two that's, decades. That's, that's crazy! Wow. Okay. So both we have 12 titles. Um, Stuttgart has five German titles from 1900 up till today. Cologne has three, but you have four. Zweite Liga titles to R1. So Ooh, see that's where it's at. Okay. <laughs> so congratulations there. Uh form. The last five matches, Stuttgart has two wins, two losses, a draw. Uh Cologne has two wins, two draws, and a loss. The last 10 matches um between the two of us. Uh, I, I hope you like these numbers. The last 10 matches, I don't know where I got this. Uh, six wins for Stuttgart, five draws for uh, Stuttgart, and four losses. So that adds up to 10, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Austin's been checking your math. Yeah, this is All right. Math. All right. Last three matches. Now, last season, um, Stuttgart, there was the draw 1-1. Mangala had that one-minute goal, and then Anderson came back 20 minutes later and tied it up. And then yeah. we won on the road at uh, Ryan Energy Stadium with a Sasa from Sosa uh, goal. Um, yeah. But the last match was the Pokal win. Modest came off the bench and scored two late goals to send you guys further into the tournament, knock us out. You guys are 10th on the table with 22 points. Um, you're just coming off that big come-from-behind win. Two come-from-behind uh, goals versus Wolfsburg. Give us a little thoughts on, on where your club is at and then maybe what, if I'm a Stuttgart fan, I should expect going into that match. Man, okay, so that win – well, you know as much about it as I do, but I appreciate you you giving it the floor to me right now. But that, I actually watched your game. So. Yeah, I know, I know. Right? Well, this is a Hennis podcast, isn't it? <laughs> um, that that win was the most necessary win we've had. I mean, we came off with that loss to Augsburg, we drew against Belfield, which we just talked about is better than their record says. So. You know, you drop points to Wolfsburg, who, who oddly enough is right there in the mix with, with us. Um, and it's a three game slide going into Stuttgart, where they get, you know, we, we go down to 19 points and we're right there, get it 15 and 16. So that come from behind win was, I mean, you saw my text I and mean, <laughs> getting me thrown in jail if you read him over the airwaves, but. <laughs> there were some profane. It was, it was, it was enormous. And I, I, and I was like, it made my entire weekend. So. It kind of made this game this weekend. I don't want to say it's not important because, as you know, that even if we stick at 22, we're right there in the mix. It's it's such an important game, but it made it where, you know, if you go into if you think about okay, we got Wolfsburg and Stuttgart. If we can walk out of that with three points, I'd be okay. Now, most of the time, you think you know you're going to get, you know, if you're going to lose one of those games, you're you're going to say probably Wolfsburg. So I feel like going into this game is kind of gravy. But that being said, I mean, not to be selfish, but to, if we get three to get 25, we've really kind of separated going into the break. You know, we're up eight over um, seven and eight and nine over a, a handful of teams there in the mix at the bottom, which is enormous because we have so much potential to just fall flat in our faces. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know a Hennis fan out there who, if, if you were to ask him to be honest, doesn't think like we've actually probably overperformed the first half. I mean, who would expect to have 22 and potentially 25 points going to the break? 
uh, with the same team essentially we had last year. Uh, not I, not this. <laughs> so this game is huge. Now, <clears throat> I think it's to be fair. It's it's a bigger game for Stuttgart to to be completely fair about it because. You know, again, if you can if you can walk out with 20 points and kind of put a little bit of breathing room between you and the bottom three or four at that at that point, um, you know, that's that's everything right there. And so and 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 and, and least importantly, Travis, for our friendship, which eh. doesn't mean that much to me at this stage of my life. I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> in my solidly in my mid 40s and I really could care about someone who lives 2000 miles away. <laughs> Fair, fair, fair. But, but really, though, but honestly speaking, it, it is, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, you have this game, you go into a month off, and we both need these points because this, you look at this game on the calendar, like this is a winnable game. Both of our teams are saying this is a winnable game. Yep. As they're saying it, we're saying it. We'd be disappointed with the loss. You'd be disappointed with the loss. Um, so I think, and then you always talk about, okay, so we need help. I'm going to go off a tangent where we need help. <laughs> we need Bill Phil to lose. We need Augsburg to lose. We need Bolcom to lose. What always happens? They win, they win, they win. Yep. 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 We both need help. So which, whose side is, are, is the soccer gods on? Who, <laughs> who, who is really the cursed one here? Ah, yes. So my result is going to be a one-to-one draw. Yeah, I can but see yeah, I can see that. It's it's crazy because if Cologne wins this one, you guys go from 10th on the table all the way up to oh wow, you guys go up to eighth on the table. Um, and you're only you're only like two or three points away from uh Europa League. If we win this game, we go from 16th <laughs> on the table up to 11th on the table. Yeah, yeah. It's just like you said earlier, the table is crazy tight and a win here for both. Uh could be enormous even just a point for both that puts you guys in ninth place that would put us uh 15th place but you know we'd at least be treading water a bit so let's compare and contrast some of the uh some of the the roster here so let's start from the the back up front let's go with goalie so we've got schwab versus mueller who who do you think has the advantage in uh, in the goalie position, I'm going to probably lean towards Schwab. I just think he's, I think he's more confident. He's got better form. I mean, granted, you guys did play Bayern, but he just let up five goals, and they weren't all his fault. But he did have that pretty bad. I did watch highlights. He jerk he <laughs> rebound. It was pretty bad. Um, I think on a confidence level, you got to you got to lean towards, um, you know a little bit there but yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna call it a pick um i that and that's the thing i've talked about on previous podcasts is i think there's like two three maybe four goalies in the bundesliga who are the top and then after that Mm. it's like quarterbacks in the nfl there's this big gap to where you have a bunch of guys who are guys and i think Mueller's a guy i think schwab's a guy yeah and and that's it so i'm gonna go pick him on this one what about defense you've got hector uh, Chico, Chios, uh, Hubers, and Schmitz, who typically play. You guys usually play a back four. Okay. Uh, we have Ito, Anton, and Dino Mavropanos, who will probably play in our back three. Um, who do you think has got the advantage there? Um, you know what's funny is I almost want to say a draw, not to be, not to take the easy way out. I think going in, I think if on paper, I, I'd have to say that. Stuttgart should have the advantage. I think that you 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 should have a more solid back line. I've watched our games and I'm always just so disappointed about how we play in the back. But I'm actually kind of disappointed about how Stuttgart's been playing in the back too. So um, I'm going to call I'm, and I think you've given up what thirty goals to our twenty two. I got to look. Oh, let me check that out. Um, yeah, look at that. You've given up 30. You guys have given up 27. You guys have scored okay. 26. We've scored 22. Yeah, so it's pretty uh, it's pretty tight then as far defense. I'm, I'm gonna call it a draw. I'm gonna go for a draw there. I mean, honestly, but you know, we've missed um Hector for most of the season. You know, he's not the he's not the national playing Hector that we've grown to know and love. We've lost some players on defense um over the summer. Uh, I do like, like I said, I, I really do like Anton. I think he's he's uh, solid about Panos is solid. Yeah. 
So I, I don't know much about him yet. I know he's a backup off the bench, essentially. But um, if, if you put in Kempf, advantage tennis right there. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go yeah. with the draw. What do you think? What do you think? I'm going to go. I like Shugart's defense. And it's funny. Um, Kicker does a rating. So Kicker's that German website where we get a lot of analysis, basically steal all their ideas because we have none. And they rate it one to six. So one is the best. And basically one is impossible to get. You can get a 1.5, but one means you score like 10 goals. Six is impossible to get to. You have to be uh, like an orange cone that's out on the field. And an average player is a 3.5 based on the German system. And so you're somewhere that it, usually around a 3.5 or whatever. So statistically, based on kicker, Hector's a 3.1. Uh, Chikios is a 3.2. Schmitz is a 3.1. Ito's, so those are closer to one, so they're better. Ito's 3.6. Anton's 3.6. Dino's 3.5. So statistically, uh, according to kicker, the, the Hennessy defense is better, but I like I like our defense. I think they're put under a lot of pressure because of the system we play, but so is your guys's. But I like Anton. I think he's solid. I think Dino is an emerging star. I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's not going to be long for Stuttgart because he's just he's going to get gobbled up by somebody. Um, I think we've got him for this year and then next year, and then I think he'll be gone. But I, I like our defense in this one. Um, where I think we're in trouble is on crosses, and I'll get into that when we talk about our attack. All right, let's go to what about the midfield? So you guys have Skiri and Lubacek, but they're both out this this week. I'm bummed about that too. Yeah, which is yeah. I'm very bummed too for you. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Which means I you think got the world needs. To, I think you need to see. I don't know if you know Skiri. I think is probably one of the most underrated midfielders in the league, and I think that his his price tag is rising. And I hope we don't sell him off because we we certainly need him. And you can tell the difference in our midfield when he's not in the game. Yeah, um, he runs. I think more than anybody else in the Bundesliga. But he's out. So you've got Duda who's got a 4.1 rating, Ashkan, who's got a 3.1, Kainz, who's got a 3.4. And then it's a question mark because um, of the injuries, you're not sure who's going to be in there. Shugart has got Massimo and Sosa are probably out, which means Koulibaly, who's a 4.1, Endo, a 3.7, which I'm surprised about, Mangala, who's a 3.5, and then probably Karazor, who's about a 3.9. Uh, so statistically, once again, it looks like Advantage Hennis I like Stuttgart's midfield in here. I like Endo a lot. I like Mangala a lot. I'm curious to see how you guys handle the chaos that is Koulibaly. Um, yeah. I like our midfield against your guys' midfield. I'm just, I'm not too impressed with what you guys have there. So I'm going to go advantage Stuttgart in that one. What do you think? Yeah, I can see that. And I and I like how you describe Koulibaly as chaos because he is chaos, but he could... I've always been kind of down on Koulibaly. I think he's more he, he's more flair than substance, I always yeah. think. Yeah. But he can be disruptive. And I think that with Scary out, um, I always have a mess of a lineup when, we, when we've had a lot of injuries in our midfield. It's always tinkering with the lineup and, and even uh, placement on the pitch and formation. And so I think we're still a little bit kind of lost on that sense. And I think that you look at an endo and I and – I, I'm surprised he's rated a little bit lower than he. Yeah, that one surprised me a lot. I think he should be. Um, I would give the advantage. I agree with you to to Stuttgart in the midfield. All right, so let's go to the attack here, and this is where I think we're in trouble. Is that <clears throat> so? Attack Anderson has got a four, which I don't th- think surprises uh, many people, uh, and Modest has got a two point nine. He's the highest rated player um, mm-hmm. here. Versus Marmouche, who's got a 3.8 for Stuttgart, and everybody's favorite, Philip Forster, who has a 3.8 as well. Um, hmm. So those are the two guys. Now, I'll, I'll give you Mark Oot as well. He's got a 3.1, but he was on the bench last game. Um, you, What do you think? Advantage who? Well, I mean, I think it's advantage, advantage uh, clone for sure. I mean, but I'm – I don't know the lowest ranking you can go, but why isn't Anderson any worse than a four zero? I mean, <laughs> I, I I just do not like him on the pitch. Talking about slowing down the game, but again, you know, we've had some injuries. I think Ute is playing uh, again. Um, we tried Duda up top. You got you've got to play. You've got to play Modest. Uh, but they've been playing Modest and Anderson at the same time, which is just a head scratcher. Just an app. I don't get that one. And, 
And Anderson's nothing more than a wasted body on the pitch, in my opinion. Um, put anybody in there in his place, I'd be happy. Uh, Marmouche is funny because, um, was he rated 3-8, you say? Yippers. Uh, I'm still... I'm still unimpressed with Marmouche. He's, he's fast. He's quick. I think he can create, but I'm just not, I don't think he's quite settled yet. Right. Uh, obviously without Kalaisik in there, it's a whole different team without him in there too. Um, you put him in the mix and, and you guys are not, you got, you're, you aren't 16 right now. Right. Um, big, yeah. That's a big loss. And, and Modest is playing out of his mind. Um, you know, I mean, he's obviously right there that as he goes, our team goes, you know, um, so I think I think with, with the lineup that we have and the injuries that, that that you have as well in the front, I think we have the advantage in, as far as the forwards are going. Yeah, I think I would 100% agree with that. I think where you guys are strong is Modest and say what you will about Anderson, their strengths are in the air and their strengths are yeah. in free kicks. And that has been our biggest weakness this year. And so if there's going to be any free kicks or corner kicks, I'm going to be scared because we don't defend those well and – you guys perform incredibly well on those. And I think Anderson may slow the match down, but if there's a free kick or a corner kick, even though he's past his prime, Modest is in his prime somehow, some way. Um, that was, well, if, you could use, if you could use Anderson, like you substitute in basketball <laughs> there, but unfortunately, you know, you got to play him the other umpteen minutes between those set plays. Um, and he's just not effective. I mean, you get the ball at his feet, which is most of the time where football's played. <laughs> he's just completely out of out of source. But yeah, on crosses, on on corners, he's a guy. He's he's one of the guys you want to have in there for sure. Yeah, and that's where I'm a little. Uh, I think I, hmm? I think bench wise, there's not any radiance for these guys because they haven't played enough. But you guys have Schindler and Tillman. Uh, Stuttgart has Silas and Furich, who they may start. There's rumors that. Uh, those guys might start the game um, on Sunday, which would be exciting to see Salas out there for yeah, 60, yeah. 70 minutes to go. Um, I think we've got the advantage bench wise. Um, yeah. I, just, I think it's two different sides. It's interesting because the next thing I was going to talk about was the managers. You guys have Baumgart. We've got Monterazzo. Um, Baumgart, and my, they both play a particular style, uh, both very up tempo, both very offensive. Uh, they leave their defense on an island a lot. Uh, a lot of shots. I think where you guys have benefited is you've had the second coming of Anthony Modest and we yeah. have had injuries all over the place. And Modest, I think combined with Baumgart has somehow found that light uh, fountain of youth and has carried you guys to where you're, you could be in the top eight by the end of uh, um, Sunday's game day. So I think it'll be interesting to see how these two go at it from a managerial perspective. Um, I don't know. I love Monterazzo. I love what he's done. I love how he's able to use um, and communicate to the youth. But the fact is we could be sitting in 16th place when the yeah. is done. Um, that's not good. Well, I don't think anyone's gone through the severity and the, and the depth of injuries that Stuttgart had. You've lost your, your probably arguably your best player for most of the season. And so, yeah, you take up a Matarazzo, and I like Matarazzo too. Um, they have a talented team, but as you said, they're sitting at 16. Is he a, is he a, a worse coach than Bumgart? Probably not, but it's hard to argue with Bumgart with a team that, that I think most of us expected to be in the bottom two the entire season. Here we're looking at, as you said, possibly in, in the top eight at the, at the weekend's end. He's got – he's given injury. Modest has come alive his – he, it, it's a fun team to watch again. They're scoring goals. Um, and that's Bumgar. This is the same roster we had last year. Right. That's also um, wild. Yeah. And that's, that's all Bumgar, I think, right there. And you see him on the side. He's got energy. The fans love him. The players respect him. Um, you know, you saw that. This goes back weeks, but that goal that Modest had, and he went to the sideline and kind of was just John with Bumgar. And Bumgar was just, you know, John Adam, get out there and play, you, you know, jerk there's, there's still five minutes left in the game kind of thing but then they love the coach they play hard for him um they believe in the system so um but i like Monterosso too i mean honestly like you said that guy is he's he's done the best he could with the lineup that he's got and i think he's got a lot of good young players um 
you know, he plays for a team that, like I said, when the, when they, they sell high, they lost a lot of great players. They've got a lot of good young guys in return. <clears throat> so, um, you know, the players play hard for him and, and the fans seem to like him and they like the style of play. And when it comes to watching your team play, you want to enjoy watching your games. And I think they have a style of play that, that the fans and the players like to play. So, yeah, yeah. Three, three points this week. And you, and you lost your best player. You lost your, you lost your best score for half the season. I mean, you're not going to have as many goals when you're, when you're missing your six foot, seven inch. I know. There, so. Yeah. So hopefully uh, it would be a lot of fun. It'll be interesting because I think these are two teams that play very up-tempo and they play very aggressive, but they play very different types of up-tempo aggressive. Yeah. And with us having Kalajic out, um, we're much more direct down the middle, I think. And you guys are much more of the crossing Sure. Yeah. On, on breakaway. So this could be a, a pretty fun match to watch um, for, for the average percent at home while you and I will be <laughs> nail biting. Well, let's wrap it up with the last comparison mascots. We got Fritzel, you got Hennis. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, Fritzel is like, a, a, he wears a costume, right? <laughs> yeah. Hennis, Hennis, in no uncertain terms, let's be honest, Hennis is probably the best mascot in the world. I, I will concur and I will, I will concede that the only, one of the only two uh, jerseys I have with the name on it is Hennis, Hennis number nine. So, I mean, he's, he goes every, I can only compare it to maybe like, you know, when they, you watch a Georgia game on TV, they bring out the bulldog or you watch uh, Auburn, they have the Eagle. That's pretty cool. You know, they have the mascot, they have the real life animals. It's, that's kind of cool, you know? Um, but you know, they come on, they got the real life Billy Goat. He eats there in the sideline. <laughs> He's got his own little webcam, you know. Um, he's got lineage now. He's on the ninth, you know, Hennis number nine. He's it's not even <laughs> I can you ask see, anybody can from see. Stuttgart, they're gonna say, listen, this I can't touch Hennis. I can't no. do it. No, they they nailed, they nailed the mascot. It's, you gotta love Hennis. You gotta um, there's a very sad picture of uh Fritzel though after the Bayern match with his hand, <laughs> his head in his hand. So um <laughs> He, he feels it. He's got it. All right. Let's, let's wrap this up with two things. We'll do predictions and wagers and we'll call this a, a wrap on this podcast. Now, last week, Austin went 11 and seven. You and I went nine and nine, Matt went seven and 11. And before the matches uh, today, Austin had 77 wins. Matt had 70. I had 67. You had 66. Um, it's been a rough, you know, tip kick has been on a rough go to mm-hmm. it was six and 21 up until these matches it is oh for two so far this weekend wow uh, the tip kick has been a disaster our betting has been a disaster let's finish it up with with what we think is going to happen with with this one so last we checked it was stugart getting half a goal so stugart are the underdogs going into this one but the way that i think the predicting goes is basically the 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 home team gets half a goal Seems so to be, yeah. Third gets is minus half a goal. So this is so a neutral side. This is a pretty much a pick em game. I, exactly. So pretty much a pick em in this one. But Stuart is getting half a goal on the road. I, I'll lead off. I am not feeling confident about this at all. I think you guys do things very well that we don't defend well. And that is crosses and free kicks in the box. And I'm really concerned on this one. That being said, because we're getting half a goal, I'll take Stuttgart in this one plus half the goal, but I, I don't see it. I I'm really worried about this. I think we're going to be going into the break in 16th place and it's going to be, a. it's as Matarazzo said, he's like, if we get three points that the Christmas goose is going to taste a little bit better. I think yeah, it'll, it'll, it's going to taste like spam. I don't know how it is with the COVID, uh, you know, regional, I'm looking at this game, there's a hundred fans and a 60,000 you know, stadium. And so I'm guessing there's not going to be many, if any fans anyways in Cologne. And so you can kind of take away the home field as far as the advantage is concerned. Yeah. They got to travel and stuff, but so it's kind of a wash, you know, honestly, if I'm betting on this game and it's just um, Augsburg plus half or, you know, Belfield or some team right down there, Berlin, welcome. Um, you know, I'm such a, I, I'm such a Mr. Negative most of the time, but I can't, you know, we're playing each other. I can't do that. I gotta take, I gotta take Hennis minus, minus a half a goal here. Cause this is, this is, this is, this is deeper here now. This is uh wow. And, right. and I think, be, I think it's an easy thing for me to take Stuttgart plus a 0.5. You know, it's like a, it's like a, it's a win-win for me. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want that. I want to oh, win. Oh, wow. Go for all. But and and in I got to believe. In our Stuttgart picks, you and Austin are tied. You are eight and eight this year. So you're right down the middle. Matt and okay. I are seven and nine. So okay. You, okay. you've nailed the picks more often uh, okay. statistically right. uh, than, than I have. A dramatic. I, you know, I said one to one. I think it's going to be a high score. Honestly, I mean, I can see a 2-2, 3-2 type game. Well, I did, I did two tip kick results. So uh, because I'm such a great teacher, every Friday I have my students play tip kick. And I've noticed the last three weeks when I've had them do this, besides the incredible, valuable education they're learning, their tip, <laughs> their tip kick skills are horrific. And previously when I would do tip kick predictions, it would be when myself and my 13-year-old son would play. And so I said, you know what, for science, I'm going to figure this out. So the tip kick that our students did, it was a 1-1 draw. The tip kick that Logan and I did was a 3-2 come from behind Stuttgart win. Ugh. So and you said tip kick is 6-21? and 21? Ever since I started allowing my students to play it, yes. What was it with the uh, your son and yourself? Was it, was about, it was about 4-4-9. Four, four, so it was, a, it was 28% now. It was about 45% with Ooh. the old way. So still, <laughs> still not very You know what's funny, though? It, it, and, and, and honestly, if you're to think of any team that's going to come from behind or any team that's going to get their heart broken at the end, who would you think between Stuttgart and Cologne? Which team is going to get their heart broken at the end? Usually, I would say it's Cologne. Usually, uh, And that's the thing, too. And I'm part of me thinking, God, I mean, if I know my team, which I think I do, we are going to be up two to nothing in the 80th minute, and we're going to find a way to go down three to two. But that's pretty bum guard. I'm going to say three to Hennis on this one. I think I think it'll be a high scoring game. I think you got two uh, teams that want to go at it, uh, two teams that really kind of need the points, really, um, and two teams that to play fun football. So I think, yeah, I, I could see five goals in this one for sure. So Here's a thought though, too. Like, let's say there is some sort of bad call you got a call in the box VAR reviews it it's a terrible call penalty kick wins the game or it's just some come from behind like expected goals are six to one in favor of one of the teams but the team with the one wins the game on some sort of fluke thing right right each other the rest of the day I, i'm thinking i'm taking the under on conversation uh, uh yeah that's a good side wager is yeah. how much will we talk to each other after it's kind of like Austin, who uh, is on this podcast quite a bit, who actually just texted us and said he just woke up. <laughs> so we're just like, oh, he's not, just got <laughs> he's not on the on, <laughs> he's not on the podcast today. Um, Austin's really good at reading the room because his club Freiburg is having a fantastic season. And when you and I are losing and in relegation fights, and we just need something to make us feel good, uh, somebody to pat us on the back and say, "Hey, guy, it's not that." that bad he's very quick to start to talk about his own club and how amazing mm-hmm, they're doing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i i would imagine that we will be helpful to one another and say hey it's not that bad things are going to get better so that's i think we have that understanding and that quote-unquote respect where like if, if it is one of those crushing defeats and you're on that other end, you know what it feels like. You're like, you know, I know right now what he's feeling, what he's going through. I got to kind of play this cool. I got to send out a go Browns text. Ah, yes. Text, just kind of soften it because it is, it is, a, it really is though. In, in sports, let's face it, sports, whether they, you say, oh, it's, it's just a game. It's meaningful to fans. That's It's culture. It's, it's who we are. We love watching our teams. It's a pretty meaningful game. It yeah. is. Well, let's let's wrap it up with that. How meaningful this is, because now it's wager time. Now, last time when we wagered the Pokal, uh, you won a expensive dinner was our our wager. So mm-hmm. I've been looking up different Arby's coupons and deals as. Uh, Ooh. But now what you want to wager this time for this match? Uh, we've already got expensive dinner on the table. I'm offering up uh loser buys the the beverages or the bottle of vino for said expensive dinner i like it i like okay. the idea i so, like it. You, yeah so you so i get it so so what you're thinking is you're going to go to a place with below average expensive food and high-end high-end wine that's what yeah it's a french <laughs> restaurant <laughs> 
No, I can go for that. I can go for that. I think we should have some sort of aggregate aggregate bet as well. Like, you know, yeah. So I think that has to be, um, and we say it's a lot, we've probably lost track, right? I do think we should have an aggregate bet where the loser has to buy a jersey. I like that. Unless it's the end of the season, which our match will be, and I'm going to get relegated, in which case... Oh, that's true. That's a I good will point. wager to punch you in the throat of some sort. That sounds good. How about <laughs> a... We could, do, we could do a German national jersey for the World Cup coming up. <laughs> well, yeah, because ever since we started buying their jerseys, they've done... That's a good point. <laughs> God... Yeah. Well, we'll think of something. Maybe All the right. fan jump in and think of something. Okay. All right. Well, we got that. All right. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for joining us back on the podcast. Thanks for your thoughts on, on Hennis and the match. We'll be in touch definitely on Sunday. And then we're planning on doing a big first half of the season wrap up um, okay. you know, over the holiday break to kind of see where we're going or where we've been and where we're going. And hopefully where we're going is staying in the uh, first league. So yeah. See how that goes. All right, well, I enjoyed being on the show today. It was fun. I think we should do the, the wrap-up probably like a week after the game to let one of us kind of, you know, absorb and release all the tension and, True. True. and then back at it without any pain and upset. Yeah. And then that'll also give Austin time to wake up for the episode. Yeah, no, I <laughs> – <laughs> all right, my friend. The podcast. All right, hey, I'll see you in about twenty minutes. When we start all over again. How's that? <laughs> Take two. <laughs> Talk to you later. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.